This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. hard and I expect to get raced hard back. Fantastic day for all this Caution is out. On 19G. Keep it together. Ridiculous. He's driving away. Championship's right in front of me. Oh my god! I finally got out of the car. It's pretty much like the Daytona 500 on steroids. The celebration continues for Joey Logano who now begins life as a NASCAR champion. How will he adjust to his newfound status and which driver might challenge him for the throne? That contender could come from the very same race shop. Welcome into NASCAR America, everybody. Carol Lamano alongside Parker Kligerman. Dale Jarrett's going to join us from NBC Charlotte as well. We have got a jam-packed hour for you in store. So here's what's coming up today on NASCAR America. We're going to relive Joey Logano's crowning moment as he took down the big three at Miami in today's edition of Scandal. So we'll listen to that. In its 70 years of existence, NASCAR has earned the reputation of being a family sport. So we're going to go through the very best family moments from 2018. And with all of the hype surrounding the championship for at Miami, we're going to look at some other drivers who had notable performances in 2018. There were quite a few, but now that the season is officially over, Joey Logano is the champion, and he has begun the media tour that is customary for a NASCAR champ. Took some time during his plane trip to New York to catch up on some news. You think he liked what was on the <laughs> yeah, cover of the not, sports page? Not checking out his own ass. Well, yeah, it'd be hard not to like that. Come on. Uh, DJ, you're a champion. You know how life is different for a champion. What do you think Joey Logano is going to do now? How will his life change? Oh, it's going to change in so many ways. He has no idea what's about to hit him uh, with all the media and, and the things that he has to do. And that's just going to continue on into next year. Opportunities uh, to uh, further your business. Uh, so many opportunities are going to be coming his way. Uh, and, and life just changes. Uh, you you know, anywhere that you go, you're going to be recognized uh, as a cup champion now. You know, he had that Daytona 500 champion uh, moniker with him, and he'll always have that also. But this changes your 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 life again in just so many different ways because you're a part now of a much smaller group uh, when you think about all the drivers that have been through this sport, the things they've been able to accomplish, and now you have accomplished the ultimate goal, what every driver that ever drives a, a, in the world of NASCAR uh, wants to be is a cup champion, and Joey Logano is that. So uh, you have to kind of sit back, take it in as much as you can, uh, which most of the time happens after your career is over, but Joey Logano's got a long career ahead of him, so uh, look forward him to uh, probably be a, a wonderful champion for this sport because I think that he speaks so well that uh, people are going to want him around. Uh, again, opportunities are going to come his way, and it's maximizing the most that you can out of this, but on the other side of it, not burning yourself out. You've got another season coming up. I know he's not ready to think about that, but getting prepared for that because it's not that far away. No doubt, DJ. There's kind of a weight that comes of winning the championship, and I always think back to Brad Keselowski or even Kyle Busch just recently said it, that when you win the championship and become the Cup Series champion, you're representing the 
sport going forward, and you really need to kind of propel and do your best to help the sport going forward. And so I think Joe Logano being 28 years old, young, successful, I think there's a lot of great things he'll bring and represent for the sport. Because you both have mentioned the fact that he is a younger driver at 28 years old, you think about the other young driver in the big four. That would be Kyle Busch at 33 years of age, DJ. Is that setting NASCAR fans up for a rivalry that could continue possibly over the next decade? Oh, yeah, there's no doubt. Uh, these two uh, have raced against each other a lot uh, in the Xfinity side and in the Cup side, uh, both at Joe Gibbs Racing for a certain period of time. But I think that we are setting up for that. Uh, two hard-nosed racers, uh, really. And I think they appreciate uh, what the other one brings to it. Uh, and I think that we can probably, we will see uh, in the next couple of years, add a couple of other names to that. But certainly, uh, these are two of the drivers that are at the top of their game that have a lot of years left to win races and challenge for championships. No doubt about that. And I think it's going to be really interesting. This could develop seriously into one of those rivalries for two drivers trying to really, you know, cement their legacy in the sport. Kyle Busch will most likely go down as a Hall of Famer, but multiple championships will sort of cement that. Joe Logano, the same thing, being 28 years old with all the wins he has and now a championship. He has a long runway to kind of pad that out. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see these two vie it out over the next coming years and see who comes out on top. It could be one of those situations kind of like uh, Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson, where Phil Mickelson always said, if only I didn't live in the Tiger Woods era, he'd been more <laughs> successful. Maybe these two will remember that going forward. I wonder which name it's going to be, honestly, because it yeah. seems like Joey Logano we'll find is just out. getting started. What about Joey Logano's teammate, Brad Keselowski? How does he fit into that equation, and how do you think watching a teammate win a title could potentially motivate him? Well, I think it does a lot for Team Penske, you know, to have them getting that second championship, and I think... When, when Joey Logano came over to Team Penske, I believe Brad was very instrumental in, in bringing Joey over there. You know, I think he was kind of in Roger's ear saying, you know, you need to hire this guy. He's very talented, although he's had a bit of a downtime at his time in Cup at Joe Gibbs Racing. You know, he saw the talent there for Joey. He saw how successful he was at a young age and felt like he could bring something to Team Penske to help the whole organization excel. So... Knowing Brad did all that and knowing that Brad has a championship and continues to be as successful, it's just elevating the whole organization, and that's the big part. If, if you're at one of these large organizations, you want talented drivers that can win championships because that makes it better for you. That makes it ups your chance of winning another championship because the whole organization gets better and the cars get better. Still, is it difficult to watch a teammate? I mean, Brad Keselowski's a champion. Is it difficult to watch a teammate win a championship, DJ? Yeah, Carolyn, there's no better motivation than having to sit and watch someone else get all of the money and the trophies and everything that goes along with it. But whenever it's your teammate, that's even bigger motivation. Uh, Brad's going to obviously handle it in the right way. But down inside, you're saying to yourself, you know, that could have been me. We have the organization to do it. Obviously, Brad has done that. Uh, but now who's going to go get that second championship first? Roger Penske breeds champions. That's what he does. And he'll look forward to seeing his drivers one day battle it out for that championship. But I think that Brad will utilize this and use this uh, as motivation to get himself and his team up and ready in 2019. No doubt about that. But we've got to remember the third member of Team Penske, Ryan Blaney. We could be talking about him, you know, becoming a champion here in the next couple of years. So I think the future is very bright for Team Penske. And, you know, when you look at the lineup of drivers they have, the ages of the drivers, there's a lot of runway for those drivers to be very very successful going forward. So I think the future for Team Penske is very bright. DJ, sense. where would you rank the organization in terms of strength against some of the other powerhouse organizations that we saw this year? 
Yeah, I, I don't think that, that you can put anyone above them. And I would not be surprised to see the same organizations represented uh, in the 2019 championship at Homestead, Miami, because they are at the very top. And, and Roger Penske has done a nice job of getting the driver lineup that he really wants. He's got a young group of drivers that have tremendous amount of talent. Two of them have championship. And, and just as Parker pointed out, Ryan Blaney is on his way to becoming uh, a, a driver that wins multiple multiple times and puts himself in that championship talk. So uh, I think that they're right where they want to be uh, at this point in time. Ford Motor Company uh, has a lot of good things going on, a new car coming, Doug Yates building great engines for them. So uh, you put them right at the top where they are. You know, DJ, I feel like every driver has an identity that's a champion. And in watching Joey Logano win the title, I don't know if you both feel this way, but it struck me that he was just so... Um, preoccupied with finding his family. They keep a tight-knit group, you know, his father, his wife, Brittany, their son. What do you think Joey Logano's championship identity is going to be? Well, I think the biggest thing is is that I, Joey Logano, he, he categorized himself as a hard racer. But I think Joey Logano is a very fair racer. But I think the thing that sometimes we forget when we think about Joey Logano because he's been around for 10 years now is just how very talented he is. Mark Martin saw this in Joey Logano at a very young age, uh, when he, I think when he was like 14 or 15 years old. So a number of years ago, Mark could already tell that this was going to be a driver that was going to be successful in NASCAR racing. And, and I think that now Joey Logano has shown everyone uh, that he's capable of winning races at any type of racetrack, and he's willing to do most anything to try to make that happen. You know, I know we always go back to Martinsville. We've talked about that probably till it's too much, and I probably shouldn't even bring it up again. But the fact is that he won a race. He didn't wreck anyone in doing it. It was just a hard racing uh, situation on a short track. And so Joey Logano has shown everyone what he's willing to do and how he's going to go about his business. And there they have to be ready for this talented driver to do whatever it's going to take. DJ, you bring up a great point, the validation of the hype. You know, when Mark Barton said that, he was 15 years old. He'd never turned a lap in NASCAR, and he said he's going to be one of the greatest NASCAR drivers of all time. We term him sliced bread. He goes to Joe Gibbs. It doesn't quite work out. And then finally he gets the chance at Team Penske, and we really started to see what he, how well he could perform at the cup level. And now this championship, just a couple years into this Team Penske tenure, I think this really sort of cements and validates that hype coming into his career. And I know I asked him about this actually leading into the championship on the Saturday before, and I said, does this validate it? And he said, no. I think my body of work over the last couple of years, all the wins, I think it was about 18 wins he's had at Team Penske, helps validate that hype. But I think really now with a championship, you can truly say he's on his way to maybe getting, getting that moniker of being one of the greatest drivers of all time if he's able to add more championships and obviously pad that win count. You know, I know Joey talks about that, that he was given a second chance. I think that his first opportunity when he was put in a race car to follow Tony Stewart, which is impossible to do. Nobody could have done uh, that. I don't care how much experience they might have had or didn't have, but Joey Logano has made the most of it. Roger Penske saw exactly what he wanted to see in, in the short time that Joey was there, that this was a driver that had talent it just needed to be in the right situation. You never know exactly where that is as a driver, but when Roger Penske and, and others call, uh, you, you, you start to feel like that you're someone that 
that kind of, as you pointed out, validates uh, at that point in time uh, what you've been working towards, and, and that's to be uh, a driver that is uh, ready and willing uh, to drive the cars, uh, do everything that you need to as the driver to communicate with, with the group that's around you, and Roger Penske has surrounded himself and given him uh, the, the opportunities, the good race cars, and everything that he needs to uh, validate that and become a winner and now a champion. So potentially this could validate to the fans that his aggressive driving style is something they can get behind going forward. Because obviously he, we've seen, as you mentioned, Martinsville, maybe not so many fans supported him in that move, but maybe with this championship it kind of validates for him. They're certainly either on one side of the fence yes. or the other. I we'll think see. We've seen we'll see if the time yeah. What we know for now is that that was a very special weekend for Joey Logano. Sunday night, his family celebrating their first championship, his dad Tom, his son Hudson. Gun up, we're going to relive some of the best family moments from the 2018 season when we come back. Stay with us. NASCAR America is brought to you by Mobile One Annual Protection. Proven protection for 20,000 miles. Things that go through your mind and you, you think about that moment like Christmas morning when I walked out in, into the garage and saw a go-kart in there. And that, that, was, that was the beginning. That was it. All I wanted to do was drive from there out. And my goal was to be a NASCAR champion. And it took so many years and so many people and so much commitment from everybody to do it so all that stuff goes through your minds so when you see him you just you want everyone to party with you you know and, and celebrate and and be there the day i went to school you know you dress up what you wanted to be and then say race car driver and in connecticut that wasn't really a popular thing uh <laughs> so that's a little odd <laughs> but that's what i wanted to do and to be able to Bring a championship to Connecticut, a NASCAR championship to Connecticut. How cool is that? I don't, has anyone ever done that? No. no. You're the first. That's pretty neat. So uh, maybe, we, maybe we made a lot of race fans in Connecticut. There's a lot of New England race fans. So mm -hmm. as a New Englander, it means it means a lot to me to be able to do that. I thought a lot about that. You know, a lot of all the fathers you like racing backgrounds, and I'm a garbage man, right? <laughs> my kid came from a garbage man's son, went through quarter midgets. We learned as we went along, and then they got great support from the Penske organization way over my head, and uh, just tremendous. It was a tremendous trip. Great ride. What a moment for the entire family. Proof in the pictures right there. Joey and his dad racing quarter midgets at maybe seven years old. Somewhere around there. Parker, you're from Connecticut. How much can you identify with this entire story? Well, I can a lot of what he said there, especially about being wanting to be a race car driver when you're young and being slightly antisocial about that. It was <laughs> it was always odd for me. I was in the same position. You know, young kids would ask you what you want to be, and you'd say race car driver from this area, and they'd be like, what, what does that mean? What do you want to be? And so you always kind of had to convince them. And it's funny how eventually you start, oh, there I am, young Young me, I, I don't know what age. I think I'm 14 or 15. Anyway, you you start to uh, have the tide change a little bit when you get more successful. There's one of my first go karts. I remember seeing that as well. Similar story. Came outside to see a go kart and felt like uh, that's what I was going to do the rest of my life. Was right in front of me. So uh, you know, it's it's funny how when even at that age you can kind of identify something you want to do so bad and have it kind of come to fruition. I think that's really what he's feeling. And also just knowing what he's saying about coming from this area. It's it's unique to do something that not many people know of or have ever wanted to do from this area and achieve the highest level of that. And I think that's really where that comes from, is that what's so cool about what he did here. You know, DJ, I think the perception is that everybody comes from the South. NASCAR champions are from the South. It's been that way for so long. Somebody outside the sport may say, oh, that's a Southern sport. But the reality is that you are actually the last champion from the Southeast. And that was back in 1999. When you look at this map, 
NASCAR champions are coming from all over the United States. Yeah, they sure are. And it just goes along with how the sport expanded uh, back starting in the mid-90s and, and on into the 2000s. You can see that. Uh, I guess a lot of those drivers from other parts of the country said, well, if that redneck can win a championship, then the rest <laughs> of us got to have a chance. So why not? But uh, and so, but it's, it's great. You know, this is about Joey Logano and everything that he went through, following his dreams and wanting that so bad from the time that he was a kid to make this happen. And I think there's a great teaching lesson in here, too, for, for dads and parents uh, along the way that, you know, give your kids the tools to be successful at what they want to do. And that's exactly what Tom Logano did. He saw what his son wanted to do, um, did everything that he could to, to make it happen. Uh, they worked at it together along the way. They're a close-knit family. And, and now they're, they're reaping the rewards of that as they celebrate Joy being uh, uh, a, a cup champion now. So uh, just a great story behind this. And, and again, uh, I hope that a lot of people out there can see that, you know, this isn't something that was given to Joey Logano. He's worked extremely hard over the years to make this happen. And it was his dream. And, and that's what's so great about the country that we live in and the sport uh, that we're a part of here, that you can chase those dreams and they do come true. It's a wonderful thing to be in a position to be able to give your son or daughter the ability to chase a dream. It's not easy for families. And so many times, Parker, we hear these stories of families scraping everything that they possibly have mm -hmm. together to just give a, a young kid an opportunity to, and, to find something like this. And, no, and this is an incredibly tough sport to break into, especially for someone who's sort of first generation as Logano was coming into racing and trying to get into NASCAR. It's incredibly tough of a sport to kind of convince people that you have what it takes and that you're someone that they should get behind. And he mentioned all the people that helped him. That's because it takes an army to get to make to get to cup for a race car driver. It truly does, from supporters back when you're in go-karts to when you move up to cars for the first time. And as you move up through the ranks, all different sponsors, supporters, family members, it takes everyone. It's a huge effort just to get there, to get the funding required, all the things you need. And so I, I really identify with him when he says, you know, you want to get all those people together and, and celebrate with them <laughs> because of course you. you do and say yeah. thank you. And I think for a lot of drivers, it goes back to the fact of how do you repay those people? You go out there and you win, and you go and win a championship like he just did. And that's the best thing you can do to repay those people that helped you because that's why they did it. They believed in you. They thought you could do it, and they felt like you could be a champion, and now he's proved it. We just saw that really sweet video of Joey Logano celebrating with his yeah. son Hudson on Sunday, just dropping him right into the cup uh, trophy. Hudson was born in January. So, I mean, this has been a She's year new. to remember for the entire Logano family, and that moment was really just one of so many that we have seen from the families of NASCAR this year. First time in victory lane as a five. When I turned around and saw uh, you know, Hudson and, and Brittany over there, that made me cry a little bit. Not many people have a family picture like that. He jumped out of that car so jubilant, he ran down the front straightaway backwards. You know, I told this little turd right here, the one thing that's always missing is a picture with, with him. You want him to get the checkered flag, why? He's asked me for a couple days that, he said, Daddy, if you win, I want to go across the track and get the checkered flag. First checkered flag for Keelan, and now, his first ride to victory lane. He likes to be thrown high, and I've seen him a couple times where he's kind of like, eh, you know, like that's high, you know, but he just, he comes back down and wants to go back up again. Is he debuting a new hairstyle? He's got a new haircut Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, he does. He pulled it out for me and, uh, and gave me that surprise last night. When you race at a short track on Saturday night, it brings back all the memories of growing up as a kid and racing with your dad and your family, and I didn't want to let my dad down. The highest finishing African-American driver in the great American race. <laughs> 
Man, you did that thing, baby. <laughs> I love you. <sighs> Jesus Christ, Mom. Come on now. Bill Elliott has taught Chase so many things growing up, and now Chase has an opportunity to teach Bill a little something. I ran second eight times. He ran second eight times. Won his first race at a road course. First race at a road course. I don't know, that's weird to me. For me, it's a great win. Today was our day. There it is. Such a moment. Little Scarlett thought, wait a minute, those are dirty. <laughs> we can't help but watch Scarlett in defiance say, no, I'm not going to do it. The pictures are priceless. I was on daddy duty by myself last week. Uh, we got home, we had a nice talk with him about no spitting on cameras. Hopefully next time we have an in-car camera, we won't be doing any spitting, just some funny faces. Hudson came up on the stage and we said, daddy, daddy's a champion. Yeah, you're a champion. Your legacy is that little boy. That's so much bigger than winning a championship. You know, NASCAR's a family, and it doesn't have to be an immediate family. Here's a young Joey Logano fan in the stands. This video is taken by his dad. Isn't that just the That's sweetest awesome. celebration? So cool. So cool. To it see. really speaks to who turns out for the biggest race of the season. It really does, and it's funny. That race, more than any other race I go to throughout the whole year, more than I get more fans that walk up and say they watch this show, NASCAR America, which is always great. But two, I see more driver gear and more diehard fans that really come out to the support, hopefully their driver and winning a championship, as you're seeing there. DJ, how important is it for drivers to, to continue to engage the fan base the way that they have? We've seen Kevin Harvick and some of these other notable drivers in the sport, you know, grab kids out of the crowd, really trying to make it known that, hey, we care about the fans. We love that you guys are here. Yeah, I think all of those things that we just showed there and the drivers have done a tremendous job in bringing their families in, their kids in, and you know, it just shows that you know we're not just saying this is a family sport. It has been for a long time. Kyle Petty and myself and many others, uh, you know, this is what we grew up around. We understand that. But th I think that it's showing these young people that you know this is a sport that you can count on. You can count on the people, and, and there's a lot of good people involved with that. So it's great to see the, the kids there they're, when their drivers win. Uh, uh, the, th the things that they gather from that, seeing someone that, that they're watching, that they pull for, go and, and achieve their goal. Uh, it just, once again, it just gives them that opportunity and that mindset that, hey, I can do whatever I want to do. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm really proud of the, this sport and, and the things that you see around it, and in particular to the drivers. And, uh, and again, bringing their kids there, uh, you know, I understand it's a huge competition, and once they strap in, you know, it's a whole different mindset uh, than what they're doing with the kids. But as soon as they win and have that opportunity, Kevin Harvick said that was another teaching lesson for Keelan was that Keelan wanted him to go get the flag at first and bring it back to him. He's like, no, you said you wanted to get the flag. You go do it. Don't be scared of this uh, moment. Uh, make the most of it. And so uh, there's always something going on there. But uh, again, shows uh, just how much of a family sport this is. You mentioned uh, Kyle Petty and the King. We should tell you that he's going to make a cameo later in the show. They both oh. are. We're going to have coffee with Kyle, so we are going to hear from Kyle Petty in just a little bit. But coming up, we are going to revisit the sights and sounds of Sunday's race that ended with the coronation of a new champion. Scandal Miami cannot miss it. Coming up next. Thanksgiving night is almost here. We cannot wait. Treat yourself to an extra helping of football. NFC South rivals collide. Matt Ryan leading the Falcons against Drew Brees and the Saints. It's going to be a good one. Thanksgiving night, 8 Eastern on NBC. Make sure you're there. Joey Logano, by the way, still basking in the glow of being the NASCAR champion. Late last night posting this on social media. He and his wife, Brittany, along with the cup trophy and the words, the big three. You know what? He can say whatever he wants. He's the champion. 
He can joke about it now, but on Sunday, he had to deal with the actual big three, Kyle Busch, Kevin Harvick, Martin Truex Jr. at Homestead Miami Speedway. So let's go back and relive how he was able to topple the trio of champions and bring home the cup in this edition of Scandal Miami. It's been a spectacular weekend, all leading up to this final race of the year. Only four have a shot at the title. Whichever one gets to that finish line first will be the champion. Today's our day, guys. We've been racing for our championship all year. Just the last one here. Thank you for five wonderful years. Barney, wouldn't be here without you, buddy. Do all I can to get you guys back there. Chad Knauss, Jimmy Johnson, this will be the final race for that pairing. Thanks for everything, my man. It's been a hell of a ride. Yes, sir. Thank you, buddy. Thank you guys for grinding all year. Love you, Chad. Let's have a good time here today, boys. Yeah, right back at you, man. Love you, too. It's the Ford EcoBoost 400. You know, to start the race, you know, I thought we were decent, but uh, I got stuck in some dirty air and just kind of leveled out and wasn't able to do much, but I knew as long as I could stay in the hunt. Harvick's the one going forward right now. Off the wall to the 40% mark. I have no right rear whatsoever. The four car Kevin Harvick. He is by far the fastest of the four. All right, green checker, good job. Four, how are we compared to the other three? Really good. Joey Logano is fourth. It seemed like it, it was a little freer for whatever reason. Maybe the track changed a little bit. I didn't think we were in a terrible position, but I was anxious. I won't lie about that, but we kept working our car and, and, and just tweaking on the handling and through the pit stops and to tune on the balance. We're going to get the front end to work a little bit better for you. See if we can get that to work where you can get track bar down. Larson is going to win stage two. Tell us about your balance there. Uh, it's pretty good. I don't really know how to go faster. Kyle Busch right now sixth. We are man. The other four are trying to win a championship. Kyle Larson trying to win a race. 3501, leader running 3481. Okay, leader. And you see the lights have come on. As the sun went down, our car definitely got better. Here comes Logano trying to go for the race lead. Door. Buffer. Clear. All clear. Larson got a problem up ahead here. I got it pretty good that time. Cross it out, cross it out. If you can stay out, stay out here. Easy, easy. Just slow down. Um, gosh, I'm so sorry. The front tire changer got the air hose caught, and that is going to cost Kyle Bush. Go, go. Fantastic day for all this. What the man? Damn, I can't pass a car. Need you guys, and I got. Ten more, bud. We're all dying right here with you, man. Got 70 laps to pull something out of our. So, make it happen. Honestly, the four. When the sun went down, he kind of fell off, and then uh, and then I'd fall off on the long run. The 78 caught us. 22, 78, fighting for the lead. Oh, they door banged each other. Wow. I have uh, zero, oh, zero, seven back. Looks good, buddy. Hit your marks, driving away. Hey, we raced hard. I told you guys, I, I race hard, and I expect to get raced hard back. He didn't crash me. Uh, he didn't do anything else. It honestly didn't even surprise me. I was like, oh, all right, you know, he got me in the left rear a little bit. Okay, you know, you move on, you just hope it doesn't cut a tire down. Daniel Suarez spins down over the apron. Sam's spinning, Sam's spinning. Caution is out, caution's out. On 19 Jeez. keep it together. Ridiculous. Guys, five laps down, they're gonna block me. I don't know if I screwed up the whole point thing or not, but uh, I didn't mean to. We got about 15 to go when we go. One to go at the line. When that caution came with 20 to go, I, I'm excited because that, that put us right in our wheelhouse. 14 to go. Championship's right in front of me. All right, buddy. Go get him. Five back. Nothing in your mirror. Go get him. Now to the outside. 
Oh my gosh. I mean, just how crazy the day was with, you know, each driver and team trying to figure out exactly what they had there. And you could just hear in the voice of not only the driver, but the crew chiefs and sometimes the spotters as just to how much pressure was on these drivers and teams to try to perform at their highest level all the time. But, you know, it's great hearing that. I want to go back to the picture, though, that, that Joey sent out uh, with he and his wife and the trophy still throwing that little bit of a barb. He's gone out and kicked their tails, <laughs> but he just wants to make sure that everybody knows uh, exactly what happened. So uh, I, I love it, and that's one of the things I like about this guy. Is that not fair? I mean, is that not on the table? I feel like he took a ton of flack over the entire week Heck from yeah. those big three. Absolutely. He kicked their tails, you know. He said he was the favorite, uh, and everybody gave him a lot of grief for that, and then he went out and got the job done. Uh, they all performed at such a high level, uh, but Joey Logano was best when it counted, and that was right at the end. I loved when we jumped on Martin Truex's uh, on board there, and he says, I don't care about the leader because the leader was Kyle Larson running up next to the wall. He knew who he was racing against, and I think that's kind of the thing that's so interesting about that race is that there's a bigger picture, and you know those couple, those three other cars that you're racing against, and everyone else, you guys can be racing for 15th as long as you're beating those three other cars. So I just think that's very unique. But there's one other thing I want to bring up from that. We saw it there at the end, and we heard from Brad Keselowski saying how he felt like he – had affected the point situation there oh, right. in that wreck that he created. And I know there's a lot of fans out there and have been tweeted out a bunch about this conspiracy theory that the two car managed to cause that caution and knew the 22 would be great on the short run and would win the championship. And I just want to say it's ridiculous. I've actually gone on to the SMT data, which is the data we can look at nowadays and see the steering, the braking, the throttle traces of these cars. And I compared Brad's uh, entry into turn one of that lap compared to any other lap before. He didn't do anything different other than it was kind of a low percentage move where David Reagan had Clint Boyer on the inside of him. Brad was trying to go underneath the 19 of Daniel Suarez, and they all met in the middle. And so I just think if, if any fan out there looks at that and thinks, man, I think he did that on purpose, he would have to be a magician. I mean, DJ, I just think that's <laughs> impossible for him to get hit in the left rear and then knock himself in the 19 and think, yeah, I pulled that off purposely. Thank you. I, I'm, you know, I've somehow done this and have some sort of magic to be able to cause that wreck and have a caution come out. 
Yeah, I, I could get on this and not get off of it, but yeah, that, to think that that was going to happen, no. No, Brad didn't do anything there. Just racing. You know, they had a lot to race for, too. Trying to gather as many points and positions as they possibly could, but, you know, people are going to always bring up something uh, to try to make something out of nothing, which is exactly what this is, as you explained very well there, Parker. Appreciate it. Thank but you. you guys bring up a good point that there are other drivers like Brad Keselowski and Kyle Larson that had something on the line yep. at Miami 2018 season dominated by Joey Logano in the big three, but other drivers had performances that really stood out to us. So we're going to go through the best of the rest when we come back on NASCAR America. Stay with us. We'll be back with that. Welcome back, everybody. This day in NASCAR takes us back to 1983 and the road course at Riverside. It was a day of firsts for a pair of NASCAR Hall of Famers. Bill Elliott earned the first of his 44 career victories. Bobby Allison, who finished ninth, secured his first Cup Series championship and spoiled his rival Daryl Waltrip's bid for a three-peat in the process. Let's take a look at some season superlatives now from 2018. There were a handful of winless streaks that were snapped this year. The longest belonged to Clint Boyer. His Martinsville win ended the drought of 190 races. Also in the category of drivers waiting to get a win, Chase Elliott breaking through, earning three victories in 2018. So with all the talk about the championship war heading into Miami, Let's do something called the best of the rest and go through some of these drivers who had standout performances this year, despite the fact that they weren't in championship contention at the very end. Let's start with Chase Elliott. Do you think winning and having a pair of wins in the playoffs has changed who he is as a driver? I think so. I think it goes back to the fact of, hold on, we'll click up, take out series, all his stats from okay, here. Yeah, and he do, joins us on the touchscreen here. Let's do a stat show. Uh, you know, I think for him, it was, goes back to the fact of, it was always about getting that first win. Once he could mentally and the team could mentally convince themselves that they could win, the floodgates would open, and that's sort of what we saw out of this team. And one of the biggest things he referenced after Phoenix when he got eliminated was we've got to do a better job in the first half of the season because they did not have the playoff points of their competitors and therefore were not rewarded for it and were not given a chance to go race for a championship at Miami. And I think that's really the emphasis for this 19. For Hendrick Motorsports as a whole, it is going to be how do we come out of the gate stronger this next year than we did last year because they just gave up too much in the first half of the season to be considered championship contenders come Miami. DJ, yeah. what do you expect from him? Yeah, go ahead. What do you expect from him next year? Yeah, being able to, to race a lot better at the beginning of the year with a car that they're much more familiar with, even though the rules are going to change. Uh, I think the, all the Chevrolet drivers, and particularly Hendrick Motorsports, uh, thought they had a much better product to work with. And, and Chase ended up being the best Chevrolet uh, on a consistent basis, put himself in a really good spot, was still in really good position at Phoenix uh, until he got involved in that incident. So uh, I like the way that he found a way to finish races now, doing the things that we have expected him to do and expect so much of him. But you know, this is a driver in my mind that's going to win multiple races every year and challenge for a championship going forward. Let's look at Eric Amarola next and consider his season. By the way, he had the same average finish as Joey Logano, the champion in the playoffs. What do so, you make of, of his performance? Is this the guy that we should get used to? That was incredible. And I think the, this team is a great example of a lot of things they told me and a lot of things you hear all the time about teams saying, you know, we were building up our notebook. We were figuring things out. And this team is a great example because you look at the first half of the season compared to what they did in the playoffs. It's astonishing. And Johnny Klausmeyer, his crew chief, told me, you know, once we started going back to these tracks for the second time and as a young team really figuring out what we needed, we started to click and they showed up in the playoffs. I mean, that's incredible to match your championship 
champions average finish. They got the win at Talladega. I think for this race team, it's about taking the next step next year. So now, how do they go and win somewhere other than a super speedway for Eric Almirola? I think that's sort of a mental barrier for Eric Almirola to convince himself, similar to Chase Elliott winning his first race, to say, okay, where else can I win aside from a super speedway? Because if you want to be a championship contender, you know you're going to probably have to win on a mile and a half to win the championship, as we've seen at Miami every year. So for this team, if they can take this playoff time or second half and fast forward that into the first half of next year and get some wins at other places other than super speedways, I seriously think that this team could become a championship contender. I mean, they already are, but I seriously think they could be a real threat because Eric is showing us his true potential at the cup level. You know, Parker, you make really good points there. And I think the thing that, that I look at, you know, we talk all the time about all of these drivers that are so good. Some are just in better equipment and better situations. And if you plug someone in to a better situation, then you might be surprised at what you get. Well, Eric Almirola was that this year. He, he, he took a chance. He made the move uh, to Stuart Haas Racing, and he proved to everyone that he has the ability to compete at a high level. You know, it's totally different racing with another group. Uh, as it, you know, He had been mired back in, I'll say, 12th to 20th for a lot of years in racing with another group of people. And when you move up into the top five and racing with these guys on a regular basis, you find out just how difficult that is. And it's even more difficult then to figure out how to transfer that into more wins. But what a career year. Uh, I applaud Eric Almirola. He did so many good things and he showed everyone that he was very deserving to be in this type of race car. And, and I think that things are only going to get better for him with multiple wins and more opportunities to race for championships. And DJ, we failed to mention here, he finished fifth in points. He was the yeah. best of the non-championship four. <laughs> So, I mean, that's a really a, a huge mark for this race team to beat out Chase Elliott, Kurt Busch, and Brad Keselowski. It was a very tight battle for fifth in points at Miami, but they were able to get it done. So that was really impressive by that 10 team in their first year together. Uh, I want to scroll down here in the point settings, though, to point out someone else who gets kind of a consolation prize. Well, first, we'll start with Eric Jones. Eric is a story of someone who basically had glimpses of potential throughout yeah. the playoffs, but then had too many finishes, I think it was 426 or worse, where they just did not get it right. It was sort of a hit-or-miss playoffs for Eric Jones, and I think when you look at them, it, there's speed inside this race team. We know that. It's just about putting all the pieces together for them. For this race team, it's about consistency. They really have just been too hit-or-miss at different points of the season. It wasn't just the playoffs. We've seen this throughout with this 20 team. So for them to take the next step next year, now that they've been a part of the playoffs, I think this team just simply needs to get that consistency situation figured out. Are you going further down we the are. radar? So we're going to go a little further. We're going to go. Who else One, we just to want you? to point out Ryan Newman, who wins the Constellation Prize of being the highest in points, not in the playoffs. Honorable so, mention. Honorable mention. Beat okay. out Ricky Stenhouse Jr. That was big for them. And then you're, going, all the way, you're going deep. Oh, I'm going pretty deep here. <laughs> I, I want to point out someone who did something kind of spectacular here in the end of the season. That is A.J. Almir finishing 22nd in points and beating a Hendrick car of William Byron. Now, this is incredible for a couple reasons. One, there's a massive budget difference between those two cars. But two, what the 47 did in the playoffs. He had a 16.4 average finish, which was better than Eric Jones, Clint Boyer, and Alex Bowman, who were all playoff contenders. And I think when you realize that this is probably his last season in the Cup Series as of now, I talked to him a little bit in Miami. He's, he was a little sentimental about it. He put out many tweets about knowing this is probably the end for them. But what he pulled off with this JTG racing team in the playoffs was really incredible. And he got their goal. This team says at the beginning of the year, we want to finish top 25 in points. He did that. And now the new package next year, this 47 team feels like 
or at least for JTG, they're saying that with the yeah. new package, they feel like they might be able to get in the top 20 in points. So he really excelled in, his, in the final playoffs there. So. But his future a little bit unclear. A little uncertain. I think, uh, you know, in talking to him, there's some intentions of wanting to do road course at least. I believe knowing his talent level at the road courses and knowing what he's been able to accomplish, there's got to be someone in the Xfinity ranks or someone out there, maybe even the Cup ranks, that's going to want to give him a chance at the road courses to go out there because you know if you put him in a good Xfinity car at a road course, he's probably going to find victory lane. Yeah. So I think that's definitely an opportunity for him. But really a stellar end. If it is the end of his cup career, it was really impressive last 10 races. Yeah, well said. Uh, we mentioned this a little bit earlier on, but Kyle Petty is going to be with us when we come back and join the show. He was recently joined by his dad, the King, and his Hall of Fame crew chief, Dale Inman, for a cup of coffee and a tale from the track. That is up next. NASCAR America is brought to you by Mobile One Annual Protection. Proven protection for 20,000 miles. Me and Rich and Red Myler went to Columbia, South Carolina with a convertible. But uh, we get down there and Joe Weatherly's down there, a former champion. I guess he'd done one a championship or two and he didn't have a car. And Okay, we're going to put Richard in this big Oldsmobile, you know. And I said, now, if he gets tired, Joe, will you relieve him? Oh, yeah, because, you know, a tap on the head back then, no radios. That's, I need relief. Give me some relief. And we're going along there, and I'm more nervous than he is. And uh, we're running along our slick dirt track. Right tires, golly. And, you know, goes to his head. And I go get Joe. Joe puts his little helmet on, these little golf gloves, you know, with no fingers and Hard head don't come in, you know, so we go along and let's do it again. We do it two or three times. Going home, I said, Richard, what were you doing patting on your head and you didn't want relief? He said, my head was itching. <laughs> Trying to scratch his head through a helmet. So see what I've, see what I've worked with all these years? Golly, so I got to be good. <laughs> that's awesome Kyle reflecting there with two legends there's two legends that's coffee with Kyle right there and that is a tough ticket to get DJ you talk about NASCAR being a family sport I cannot think of a more prominent awesome. example than so that cool. and so entertaining no. at that yes and you could you could do that anytime because Kyle drinks coffee 24 hours a day so they can <laughs> shoot that at any point in time but it just shows you there's nobody better to bring out stories because Kyle was there and, and lived a lot of that and, and remember so much about uh, his dad and, and Dell Inman and everything they accomplished but it is crazy the things that you try to do as a driver uh, that you really aren't thinking about uh, during that time uh, whenever you're concentrating and racing but uh, Richard Petty and, and Dell Inman have a lot of stories no out in winning all those races yeah. and championships. DJ, real quick, I just, I'm just i curious. Could you imagine? I've never actually been in a race car where I felt like, you know, I have an itch while I'm driving because I'm so focused on driving, but driving back then and thinking, I have an itch on my head. I, I should just start hitting my helmet. I, that isn't even possible. I have no idea. Well, it would have been a lot easier because you had an open-faced helmet. So ah. it wasn't like that that you had these uh, the helmets that they wear now. So it, it would have been hard to do if you had it buckled properly, and I'm sure the king <laughs> did. But uh, uh, there are things that you could do there. The worst for me, Parker, was that if my foot started getting hot or an itch on your leg, and then you know, you're dehydrated anyway, and then all of a sudden you've made a cramp in your stomach or something like that. So <laughs> no. you, you take one problem and create a whole other problem. That, I've had 
game. That, that makes sense. Those champions today have it so easy. Yeah. You think about the legends past. <laughs> uh, you can check out entire episodes of Coffee with Kyle, by the way, on the NBC Sports YouTube channel. There's a couple episodes up there right now. Plus, Parker and I break down the championship weekend on Monday Morning Donuts. Playoff podcast edition that's available now on all podcast platforms. Parker was really bringing his best stuff. In just two days, families are going to gather across America to celebrate Thanksgiving. That got us scratching our heads. What are we thankful for in a season that served up so many incredible moments? Those answers next. Team Penske back at Charlotte, and this was the Penske suite on the track Sunday night. Their driver, Joey Logano, being able to win the championship, his first. What an incredible year for the organization. And then just a little over an hour ago, this was Joey Logano at the top of the Empire State Building in New York City. He has been having to take that massive that, cup. That cup is more well-traveled than I am, or any of us, to put it lightly. Just about everywhere. But you know what? Thanksgiving is going to be so good for the Logano family. They've had an incredible year. Roger Penske's had quite a year. Thanksgiving almost here we are so excited DJ as you think about the season that we have had so many incredible moments what's the one thing that you're most thankful for for the season in 2018 oh Carolyn if you're gonna bring it down to one thing I think that it goes back to the race that we just finished up in the championship race all four of our championship drivers led this race at some point in time. You could have made a case throughout this 400-mile race that each of these drivers was going to win the championship by winning the race. Uh, obviously, Joey Logano did his at the exact right time, but it just showed what a tremendous group of drivers we had there battling for the championship. That is a good point, DJ. But for what I'm thankful for, it was also my favorite moment yesterday and that is the Roval and it's bigger than just the Roval though because I thought this was such a cool initiative by Marcus Smith and everyone at NASCAR to make this happen but it's more of a statement for the future of the sport knowing that we need more road courses more short tracks I love what Steve Phelps said in his state of the sport understanding that yes we want to look at having more road courses and more short tracks and the the atmosphere at this race and all the things that it represented was so awesome I'm so excited for the future of this sport because of what we had there at the Roval. I am thankful for Martinsville because it always delivers. I was waiting for it over the course of these playoffs. We saw this storyline emerge. It always sets the tone for the rest of the playoffs. And this move right here, according to Jeff Bird and many others, could redefine how we see NASCAR racing moving forward. It was a big, big deal. I love Martinsville. What can I say? It always delivers. It's going to become probably the most important race besides Miami if you want to win a championship from everything I understand. And that move we saw, I mean, it basically means you lock yourself in. Do you know what else I'm thankful for? We have an entire oh. team at NBC Sports oh. that does not take itself too seriously. <laughs> that group is led well, by Rutledge. Well, those shorts should never be back. <laughs> and Kyle in those sweet, sweet shorts. I'm going to be thinking about that while I'm eating turkey. Bye, guys. Happy Thanksgiving. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability.